Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 27 of There's No Place Like Tara, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. And today we're going over season two, episode six, Thor's Chariot, um, a.k.a. Escape to Thor Island. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm calling it. <laughs> a- a.k.a. We find out what happened in Roswell. <laughs> a.k.a. Similar but not the same obstacles that Indiana Jones went to. <laughs> find the holy grail and in this case we find the holy thor (laughs) yeah the holographic thor yeah he was indiana jones and the holographic thor oh i like that yeah there you go aka indiana jones and the holographic thor what do we think is going to be the plot line of the new indiana jones film that we actually are like no i listen i love harrison ford Uh i adore harrison ford he is indiana jones but what kind of action-packed goodness can he still give us? I don't know. Truthfully. I, think- I mean, we all watched Han Solo, and, and he was able to pack a couple punches trying to def- defend the, the Millennium Falcon in, in Force Awakens. Here's what I think it is. Uh-huh. I, my head was so solidified in already seeing a Chris Pratt Indiana yeah, Jones film. Agreed. That it's like anyone but Chris Pratt. Even the actual, like, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Is still, I'm like, but but I thought Chris Pratt was Indiana here's, Jones. Here's my theory. Yes. It's Indiana Jones. It's Harrison it Ford. He is Indiana Jones. But there is some young kid that, that kind of is like, you're Indiana Jones and we got to do this thing. And he's like, I'm getting too old for this shit. Listen, we tried that in the last film. Yeah, but, but not work. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> not Shia LaBeouf. I think there's a way to make this work. I don't think Shia LaBeouf is it. I don't. Um, I think a lot of that was a story too. You can only blame the actress for too, so much. I think there was just lack of of awesome. I am one of the people <laughs> that was a fan of the alien part of the. St- there is many parts right. of the story that did not work for me. I'm one of the few people that the the aliens <laughs> with crystal skulls sure did not bother me. No, again no, the actual idea I'm did not bug me at a all. Giant science fiction fan. What? <laughs> What are you talking about? You like science fiction? It seemed like Stargate. <laughs> I'm with the you yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. aliens with the crystal no, skulls. No, I get it. I just don't and... think it had the heart, and I think you need to have the heart. And yeah. I think someone's trying to pull them out of retirement, type of thing might work if it's done in the less obvious way. Yeah, I I'm not a writer, so I can't think of it. Clearly, but I feel we're like going, there's a way to get it done. Clearly, we're going to have a tangent cast whenever the oh, Indiana that's Jones happening. Film. That is happening. <laughs> comes out. That is, I could easily yes. That's that's happening. Yeah, we actually are. We're. I'm surprised we haven't done one in Deadpool already. That we could do that, or we could do Bat. We could wait for Batman v Superman, or we can, or we just, can just have wait. two of them and or release we could do them a double randomly. Duty. Yeah, random. Oh, oh, stay tuned, guys, ooh. for some we random bonus stuffs. Making things up as we record that yeah. our schedules can't look at cash. us committing to things on the air that we should not do. Should not do. Never do. So, uh, Stargate podcast. Um, Thor's Chariot first aired on July thirty first, nineteen ninety eight. It was written by Catherine Powers. Wrote the Thor's Hammer episode as well. Gotcha. That makes sense. Directed by William Garrity. 
I feel like I know that name. I know that name. Uh, he's directed a couple of things. Okay. Um, Garrity's an, an intro- it's a hard name to forget. I think. Yeah, it's a good name. Yes. Garrity's a good, Garrity. solid, like, last name. Um, so Mark Gibbon, who voices, like, Norse Thor. Okay. Uh, also voices Thor Thor. The they first just, one. Well, no, it's the same voice, both versions of Thor we see. Right. Real, okay. actual Asgard Thor and, like, Viking Thor. Oh, Oh, they just it. modulate his voice differently. Oh, that's fun. It's just the same actor. Okay, well, I'm so. okay with that. <laughs> just a fun fact. I'll take it. They, yeah, they you know, sound different. Um, so we start out with Sam pointing on a nice planet on their little somehow project 3D space onto 2D yeah. divider between the briefing room and Hammond's office. Because reasons. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's along the corridor that the Gould used uh, to attack them in the in the two, three, four, five parter, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and it would be an awesome spot for the Seeker Project, which they don't really elaborate on. But from you can kind of get from the the location, and they talk about that it's uh, an advanced warming system, basically for future attacks. Sure. So, but this is all interrupted by the gate waking up and activating. No one's due back. There's no GDO signal. Everyone goes high alert. They hear a thunk. Yeah. And the stargate turns off. The gate's like, hello, the shit has hit the fan. Like, literally, something hit the fan yeah. like Iris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so in the briefing room, Sam says they got a faint signature of iridium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it specifically is the stuff that they put in the Sagan Institute box that they left with Garwin on Sim. Uh, Samaria. Samaria, thank you. I always get cut off because it's spelt with a C, and so I always get... I just purposely spelled it to myself like Samaria. And and I, because I do this, I do it the, like, the actual way that they, I just. That's awesome. It gets thrown off. I just don't know. I just liked Iridium. I like the name. I'm going to name something Iridium. Iridium? Because reasons, yeah. I'm going to name my next puppy. I'm going to buy a pony. (laughs) I'm going to buy a pony and name it Iridium. Because it sounds like a pretty pony name. Iridium. I swear I'm not even started drinking yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So. The uh, they were supposed to give that box to Thor, so immediately Daniel assumes that it's from Thor, <laughs> and uh, they need to go. Um, Jack takes great pride in his title as Mister Positive, yeah, <laughs> and points out that they might not take kindly to the fact that they destroyed their degoulding device. Yeah, that's true. Remember that defense mechanism we had that you tossed? Yeah, to save Tilk. Thanks for uh, doing that. Yeah, <laughs> but they're they're gonna head out anyway. Sure. Yeah. Um, first they send a melp, um, mm-hmm. and they through the video they just see dead Sumerians all around the gate. Wounds caused by staff weapons. They see a dead Jaffa with a bird on its forehead. Uh, they could ask Teal'c because he'd know, like, exactly which Jaffa they serve. Sure, but yeah. But they don't, don't. ask yeah. him. Well, and um, he doesn't volunteer either. No. He's just like, oh, yeah. No, he is- just goes, like, buddy of yours, and yeah. Teal'c doesn't say anything. He's like, I don't even know things. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> um, but they pan and they see Garwin. They have the sound turned off of the video. And when they turn it on, she is just crying, pleading for help. The Ettons have come. Um, and Ettons, again, is what they call the ghoul. Yes. And credits. Dun, dun, dun. So in the briefing room, Daniel points out the tragically obvious point that they were safe from the ghoul for thousands of years. And not shortly after they destroy the hammer in order to save Teal'c, they are attacked by the ghoul. Right. Basically, our team went in and kind of ruined things, yep. all the things for them. 
Till points out that often advanced scouts like get sent to the gate to determine if they should attack and invade and everything. Mm-hmm. And if they don't return, that's like the turn of, hey, let's not go there. But if people, right. if their guards return, game on. Um, it's so, like a little scout ant, if you will. Exactly. You send out the scout. If the scout comes back, then you send more out there. So basically, the ghoul, the the Jaffa returned from. Uh, from the planet, and they attacked. So Jack points out that they screwed up their world. They should probably have some responsibility in fixing it. Mm-hmm. Hammond, which seems slightly out of character for him, plays devil advocate, saying it's not their world. Is it really their concern? Which seems not Hammond-like. Yeah, I still can't figure out his motive behind that one. Yeah. It's he, a little nutty. And the way he says, I'm just to play devil's advocate, seems like he was trying to make the excuse for a not okay thing he was about to say. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I, I don't know if it's foreshadowing of something to come or what's going on, but yeah, this doesn't seem like a hammond e thing to yeah. say. It doesn't seem like our team picks up on it, though. No. Um, but there's definitely something there where I'd be like, why all of a sudden are you this person right now? So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see if it means something in the future. Um, but Teal points out that this was caused because he was saved. So at least he's responsible. Right. And Jack says that he gave the order. So yeah. he's responsible. And Daniel says that he fired the staff weapon. So he's responsible. Yeah. And Sam, well, she, she, Sam was there. Yeah. Yeah. I like I, that. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I recent. I'm Reasons? I am Spartacus too. <laughs> Let's all be Spartacus. All right, I can't hear that line. I watched a lot of Whose Lines Anyway. Uh-huh. Like the original? Yes, yes, yes. Well, okay, I shouldn't say the original because I watched the British, but I watched the one the Colin on Mockery the, yeah, and, on, yeah. on ABC a lot. And there's just there was this one, and I think it actually was no, it's not Colin Mockery, it is Ryan Styles. Ryan Styles, the tall one. He's like I am Spartacus because yeah. he plays it. <laughs> and so whenever I hear that Well, that's line, better than what my brain keeps doing when I see Thor is I see the Conan O'Brien clip where he's like, I'm Thor. And he's like the girliest <laughs> Thor ever. Yeah. Oh, apparently Kaylee does not like that. No. Kaylee is not a Conan O'Brien fan. She's all, I don't know, Letterman. What's your deal? Well, no, <laughs> she's simply saying, no, I am Thor. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she's Kaylee the Thorgy. She, her middle name's Thor. That's her saying, no, I'm Thor in her girliest bark ever. Um, so they head through the gate. Yes. There's no action around the gate anymore, but there's a ton of victims there. Um, and they also turn to find a massive pyramid of construction. Actually, three pyramids Yeah, hey, I wonder where those came from. So Garwin comes from the wooded area conveniently just off screen. Uh, <laughs> Kendra says uh, that they would come, but she never really believed that SG-1 would come. They right. actually thought it was Ragnarok. Uh, there was fire in the heavens. There was five or six bursts in the sky, an evil thunder, and a great metal point came down through the clouds. Mm-hmm. Teal points out that it was a Gould Hatak a pyramid ship. Okay. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then Garwin, which is basically like their mother ships mm-hmm. type thing. And Garwin points out that their entire village is gone. Most of their farms are gone. Um, Kendra gave her the box to throw through the Stargate. Um, and she also, when she handed this box, said it would come at a great cost. And it did. All the death around the gate, it looks like that's the cost to send this box yeah, it's through the gate. the final message of help, and essentially. the people who are dead include her husband and all of her husband's brothers. Right. So that's shitty. Poor Gerwin. Um, Ragnarok, 
people mostly have heard the name before. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the Norse End Times, basically. Uh, It includes, there's like this whole series of events that happens during Ragnarok. So that's the thing she describes as Norse Armageddon, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was something I don't know that I've ever heard of. I think, um, I think Daniel's like... Ragnarok, it's Norse Armageddon. Yeah. It basically is. It includes... it. Well, it's kind of actually... It's an end times, but it's also a rebirth. Oh. Um, because it includes these great battles, and they kill all the major gods. Okay. Um, they kill, you know, Thor and Odin It's kind of like Freya. when the Titans were taken down by the next round of yeah. the Greeks. Okay, cool. Um, and there's natural disasters that happen, and basically the world gets submerged in water. Whoa. And... Afterwards, and then Atlantis. Do we yes. find Atlantis? Atlantis, yes. yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> not Atlantis. Not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but afterwards, the world eventually resurfaces, and it's fertile. And uh, it says the 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 gods that survived or returned gathered together. I completely blinked to. I really wanted to look up if that is meaning that the gods that died, the the Odin and the Freya mm-hmm. and stuff, get basically return to life, or if these are different gods that come. I didn't actually wasn't able to look that up, but okay. Fun fact. Go look it up for yourself. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to look it up when I'm done recording. That sounds interesting. I'm going <laughs> to wiki that thing so hard. Oh, look <laughs> it. Um, yeah. but the, and then there's two humans that will end up surviving, and they're going to repopulate the earth. Because if you think about the, you know, if, if like the river, if a river bank gets washed over by water and stuff, and when that resides, all that ground is now super fertile sure, because yeah, of all the because nutrients there's all that the water. Stuff in there. Yeah. That's kind of a Because of all those dead things that yeah. died in it. Death Just eating death. I'm eating death. Oh, it's so hard. It's so badass. That's really um, hardcore stuff. The two... <laughs> I misspelled one of these. The two humans that will survive, it's like Lif and, Lif and Lifasir. Okay. I way botched those names. Sure. But they survive by hiding in these specific woodlands. And some theorize that when they talk about these woodlands, it's actually they hide in... Uh, Igrisil, which is the Igrisil is the large tree that connects the nine worlds of Norse mythology, which Midgard is one of them. Okay. Which also Midgard and Middle Earth. Yes. Of yes. Like Tolkien. That sounds familiar. Don't we talk about Midgard too with like the Marvel Thor stuff? Yeah. Isn't that part of yeah. Okay. The Midgard is Earth in yes. in uh, Marvel Thor gotcha. world. All these connections. Yeah, My yeah. brain's gonna explode. I don't people. think. <laughs> uh, I don't think Yggdrasil is. They. T- I haven't. I haven't read all of a ton of Thor anything, but I don't think I, they've mentioned it in the movies at least. Okay. They I talk, don't. It doesn't sound familiar. They, there's a the road connects them um, that Hendel watches over. Yeah, the one I that I like to call Rainbow Road because yeah, it's, it's like Rainbow the road. Rainbow Road. Yeah, that that one. Yeah. <laughs> um. It also conveniently enough there is a, a book I'm we're currently reading called Seven Eves by. Mm. Neil Stevenson. Okay. And it's kind of funny that it kind of, it the world in that book kind of goes through a Ragnarok. Oh. But instead of, and these aren't spoilers here because this is literally on the back of the book. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay. It's um, the world, instead of ending in water, it ends in fire. Oh. Um, again, one of my favorite poems. I don't know a some lot about the Norse world mythology. Ice and some will end the world in fire. Neither here nor there. That's one of my. It's actually what my favorite poems, and I. Wait, what is that from? It's um. Oh crap! How come I just forgot the 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 poet? It's, my favorite um, is probably anything by Dr. Seuss. 
There's a couple <laughs> of Shel Silversteins. Not by Dr. Seuss. Um, Robert Frost. I maybe would, some Pablo Neruda in there. I was about to say Robert Frost, but oh. I really was afraid of being I wrong. I like Robert Frost. It is Robert Frost. It's called Fire and Ice. Some will say the world will end in fire. Some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. But if I had to perish twice, I think I know enough hate to say that for destruction, ice is also great and would suffice. <laughs> I dig that. I based my senior show in college on this poem. Nice. Um, anyways, there is, so, back to Seven Eves, the world ends in fire, and basically the entire Earth is, or the entire human race is repopulated by seven women. Oh, okay. So it's kind of, like, the Earth goes through Ragnarok and that, and as I was reading this, I think just because as I was reading that book, so this is what the connection was made. Everyone go read Seven Eves, it's really good. Uh, so. I don't know a lot about Norse mythology, there's not a lot of it in DuckTales. Yeah. And that is my basis for everything. Basically, it probably is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the world according to DuckTales. <laughs> That's what my life is. This is the race's world according yeah. to DuckTales. This is the reason why I don't wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, back to this show. Okay. <laughs> so, there's two... They're talking and stuff, and then there's two Jaffa that fire at them from behind them at the tree line. Yes. Uh, one then starts blowing his horn of alertness. Uh, <laughs> like that. And, like, no one can end anything here, because... Teal'c and Jack are hiding behind something, and they're mm-hmm. firing. The Jaffa are firing. Like, no one's hitting shit. Yeah, they're, they're stormtroopers. Like, Everyone has become all a stormtrooper. All the stormtrooper firing because yeah. nothing's hitting anything. Yep. Until Jack finally grows a grenade, and yeah. the Jaffa do the jump in front of it. Now, I want to ask a question here. Is this the the, the first real firefight we have with the gold, or is it just no. the longest? I feel like this one's very intricate. No, because remember, I mean, we had ones in the Knox. We had ones in the pilot episode, okay. back and forth. Is this just maybe the longest, the most drawn out? I don't... I don't know. I think it seems more drawn out because we have this giant in the woods sure. chase scene. Might, yeah, maybe that's what it is. It might I just, think it's maybe the, this one covers the biggest span of land. It may be the ones we had in the wild, but we had a bunch in even the season opener. Okay, when right they're on. on the gold ship. Th- that's true. And stuff. I, maybe it's just because it's we're just out in no the woods. No one hit anything. Yeah, that's the problem. No one no. could hit anything, <laughs> including Jack. Yeah, uh, even with a grenade. Yeah, he <laughs> actually missed them. They just got thrown up by the ship. <laughs> Yeah. So there's a woods chase scene. Garwin, Daniel, and Sam run in a different direction through the forest. They hear some movement, hide in some underbrush. They draw their weapons, including Garwin drawing a fucking sword yeah. because she is a freaking goddamn shield maiden of awesomeness. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She's a badass. So yeah. they step out as the movement gets closer and Garwin is ready to strike, but it's just Jack. There's one scene right before that where where we see Daniel hide behind something and he's actually the first to react. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, one, of course he'd be the first to hide, but <laughs> also, I'm very impressed that he knew to do something to defend himself. All of a sudden, Daniel has not been the damsel in, in distress for just one minuscule second. <laughs> and I'm like, go, Daniel. Way to have some instincts. It's like, <laughs> his instincts are there. They just, it's taken a while for them to get, like, to yeah. beef up. But, of course, the time we finally use it, it's like, oh, sure, be the first to hide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, sometimes hide, like, hiding would be my game plan. Listen, I've, I've told boyfriend Jesse this many times that if we're ever in danger, I'm throwing him in front of whatever it is and running. <laughs> I have no qualms about listen, that. Uh, if I, the only time I'm really going to run is if a dinosaur is chasing me, <laughs> and then I only have to run faster than the other person. I'm a runner, yeah. I will throw you down. <laughs> I will trip you <laughs> and keep running. Eat them first. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is where our, this is where our claws would come out if a T Rex has ever started chasing us. <laughs> and we're done. Yeah, we'd no longer be friends anymore. Uh, to be fair, I'd, I'd cry after I was I, sad. Yeah, I'd be sad. I'd be sad that <laughs> I had to sacrifice you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, if if possible, I'd prefer not to sacrifice my friends. But if, if it, it comes, comes down, down to, to it, them, yeah, it's you know you're you're gonna be eaten by a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm okay with that. I'll hope that the T Rex. I will whole. say though that if I'm gonna go out eaten by a dinosaur, <laughs> it's a pretty cool way to go. It's better hope, than like in my sleep. I just yeah. hope I'm like it's just a quick like swipe, just yeah. take off my head, yeah, in, like yeah, a yeah, solid yeah. swoop. <laughs> None of this like pulling an arm off. Yeah, bit. listen, don't be that guy that eats like the bunny ears off the bun, the chocolate bunny first, I'm, and then the tail. I'm, no, 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 just take that head, pop it right off. <laughs> so this is a confession time. <laughs> Growing up on my Easter basket, I never got bunnies with ears on them. Yeah, because my mom would eat all the ears <laughs> off the bunny rabbit before it got put in our basket. That's awesome. <laughs> and terrible. And awesome. <laughs> because everyone knows the ears taste the best on I mean, the bunny. They do. The ears are the best part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else is flavorless. I was a weird kid that liked the white chocolate ones. I don't white know why. White chocolate isn't chocolate. It's not. It's, it's not. No. And I loved it. I and cannot, I was four and they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, I need that one. I cannot stand white chocolate. I can't eat it now. It's disgusting. I can't eat it now. But four-year-old Grace's taste buds were something else. Here's the thing. I'm to the point where I'm not even a big fan of milk chocolate that's true i like a good dark chocolate like it, I, get, what did uh, we have yesterday it was like habanero cinnamon chocolate. yeah that was good like a standard hershey bar <laughs> don't give me that i'm not gonna eat that <laughs> at no point am i desperate enough for chocolate that i'm gonna eat that <laughs> my chocolate standards have risen in chocolate my standards i feel like that's the name of our new album yeah, that's the name of that's the name of my uh, boys to men cover band. Yeah, chocolate standards. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um. Anyway, weren't we talking about Stargate? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Stargate. Daniel uh, asks after everyone gathers again to be taken to Kendra because you know she'd probably know the best about Goulds being For in sure. the area. And Garwin pauses and then leads them on through the woods. And she pauses because yeah. they end up leading her to Kendra's highly decorated grapes. Can we talk about how sad I am that Kendra's gone? I yeah. know that Teal'c has a wife. I know this. I know but this. To be fair, Teal'c has a wife like Daniel has a wife. Sure. And even then, it's like, also, I'm more okay with Teal'c, like, having other people in his life. <laughs> because he's not like, my wife, all the yeah. time, the way Daniel is. So it's like... His wife kind of doesn't really want to see his face all that much. Right. And so it's like, Kendra was like the one person that I felt was badass enough yeah. to like be like, Teal'c, let's do this thing. To be fair, the, the Kendra's probably dead in this episode strictly because... For whatever reason, they could not get Kendra back for the episode. Yeah, that makes me sad. Whether it's just scheduling issues or yeah. whatever. Um, I guess it's very possible. But apparently Kendra and her family are now with Thor, which leads me ask what her family was, because she did seem like a very loner when yeah, we saw her last time. Yeah, that's true. We didn't, didn't really like see a year. her family. Yeah. Um, and also, she clearly died, like super recently from the attack because she's right. the one that gave them the box to send through the gate that happened seemingly yeah, yesterday. Just, I, how quickly did they bury her? Well, it's also, later in the episode, she said, well, I think it's actually here, mm -hmm. um, that half of Garen's people are already dead. So if half of the people are dead and she died fairly recently, how is this such an elaborate grave? Because the funeral people move fast. I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if she was that revered and that high up in the culture that... Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, 
she got in the Labyrinth Grave and everyone else is just kind of where they sit or maybe... Or maybe there's something about, you know, like the people that pre-buy their burial plots and all their... <laughs> or like, it's like, this is the tomb where I'm going to be married. You're going to be with like Uncle Charlie and you're like, but I don't want to sit next to Uncle Charlie. He smells funny. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's where you're going to be unless you figure something else out in the tomb. Yeah. So maybe Kendra had set things up. I mean, she it, seems like someone who's put together enough to do that. It just makes me wonder sort of when... She died because she gave the box to Garwin and her husband, seemingly, mm-hmm. to throw through the gate. And when we see Garwin, she's still hanging around around the gate and hasn't even buried or moved her husband. That's true. So this really makes me wonder if they had to hold on to the box. And maybe it's been like a week or two and they yeah. had to hold on to the box in order to try to find the right time. And yeah, so it could have been like they just the didn't. Strikes. Yeah, it could have been that they just didn't send it until it was... The time. Were they have they built the entire pyramids on this planet? Like, and you know, and it sounds like the um uh Garwin's family died sending the box. So maybe yeah, they kept trying to find think. the right spot. It yeah, just yeah, makes yeah. me wonder what the timeline was before. Like how long have the ghoul been here? Yeah, like at some point they're like, Look, it doesn't matter if someone dies, has, we gotta send this thing Has through. the village been destroyed for a week, a month? Like and that's it. Just yeah. I find it because they don't really give really indications. So I find sure. that interesting. So yeah, this could have been going for a little while. Um, so all of Kendra's favorite things are in the basket next to her grave, mm-hmm. uh, and because they're all the ghoul technology, so they mean nothing to anyone else right. in the village. Uh, and it's also there so she can take him on to her journey to see Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam sits down and picks up the ribbon hand device and actually starts putting it on. Yeah, and Daniel's I- like, "What you doing, yeah. Sam? What's happening there?" And she holds it, and the stone in the center starts to glow. Garwin goes, you have the power. <laughs> and my head immediately went, you've got the touch. You've got the power. Because 1980s Transformers yeah. movies. Reasons. Reasons. Things that are awesome. That movie does have one of the best soundtracks <laughs> of any animated film You know, ever. Any, pretty much anything in the 80s had an amazing this soundtrack. True. If nothing else, it had an amazing soundtrack. Um, Beverly Hills Cop? Yes. yes. Greatest soundtracks ever. I don't even have to sing the song at y'all, which, because I can't and no, I won't. No. But everyone's like, do, 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 do. Everyone's got to go now in their brain and don't pretend you don't. I don't know. This one from Transformers pops in my head way more than <laughs> any song from the 80s sure. cartoon movie should. <laughs> so, um, but Daniel points out that it's another gift from not, Dolan. Not even more than there are no cats in America and the streets are paved with cheese. Oh, no, this pops into my head way more than that. Okay, fine. Yeah. Here's the thing. I had a friend in college, hi, Wendy, um, who, when I say she's obsessed with Transformers, I don't know if that fully, like, informs you how much she loves Transformers. Nice. So the film was watched a lot in our house. <laughs> I'll take it. So that's why that song is very ingrained in my head. Well, that's that. I've heard it, like, on a weekly basis for about three years. <laughs> Um, so, so anyway, she, Sam doesn't really have any control over it yet. Right. Um, but Garwin says it took Kendra years to master it. So she tries to focus with the hand device and mm-hmm. it lights up and it fires into the ground and everyone's startled. Jack tells her to watch that thing where she's pointing that thing. And basically Sam is now Iron Man, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's very, um, I like the Iron Man reference, but it felt very Star Warsian. She's very much yeah. Luke Skywalker right now, and she's got like the power of yeah, the force. Yeah, don't point that at your yeah. eyeball. And it's Luke. like, look, if we're gonna go towards like 
the bad comparison. It's like, so it's, it's like she's got all these midichlorians, but it's <laughs> Nequita. So it's Nequichlorians. I love it. Nequichlorians. Oh, this is totally what they're being called. She's no chock full of Nequichlorians. Nequichlorians. That is officially what is being called from now on. And like Luke, when he gets first-hand lightsaber, yeah, he, it's she like, what? Let me put this eyeball. at my face. Yeah. Because <laughs> Come on. And it Don't. reacts via, you know, you turn it on via your mind, essentially. Why do people point things at their face? Why is this a thing that happens? I, because I don't know. <laughs> Just never do that. Never at your sorry. face. Sorry. Naquachlorians, guys. Naquachlorians. We're not sorry. <laughs> We're not sorry. No, I'm very proud of that. I'm not going to pretend I'm not. <laughs> um, so Daniel points out that if she can use the hand device, maybe she can also use the healing device that Kendra had. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really go as well. Right. Um, and Jack tells her to just loot, loot all of Kendra's grave things yeah. and bring the stuff with them. Th- that's a good thing. So just go grave rob. Like, I mean, yeah. to be fair, Garrow doesn't really stop them. She yeah. says not to give up trying, but really, like, you're just raiding well, Kendra's grave. Honestly, I feel like Kendra would be like, yeah, take this shit. This is true. But, like, they don't ask Garwin, hey, that's can we true. take Kendra's shit? <laughs> you're right. Jack is yeah. just like, take this shit and let's go. This is go. things we need now. We're in charge. <laughs> this is my planet now. I'm like, come on. I win. I am the, I am the authority on, on board. <laughs> <laughs> so they head into the cave system that the rest of Garen's people are hiding out in. Uh-huh. Uh, she leads them in and not everyone welcomes them because one of the guards calls them the dogs of Midgard and blames <laughs> them for Thor's abandonment. Um, but Garen saves that they will also save them. Yeah. So Sam says that uh, they've beaten the ghoul before, and Teal'c says he's going to stay until they've driven from the land. They basically are like, I ain't afraid of no ghoul. Exactly. I tried my best not to join in. We learn the guard's name is Olaf, uh, and takes he takes Jack and Teal'c on the patrols to see what they're up against. Um, Garwin says that Thor has rejected them and mm-hmm. SG-1 is their last hope. So, uh, Again, with the Star Wars references. Yeah, it's basically help me when an SG-1 Kenobi, you're <laughs> yeah. our only hopes. Um, Daniel says that the odds are he's just really far away. He hasn't, like, abandoned you or anything. Yeah, I love that. Like, I think, I feel like Daniel thought he was talking to a four-year-old. It's like, no, no, it's just, it's just far away. It's gonna take a while. It's just, he can't really hear you it's talk just, You just all. have to be louder and give it a little bit of time. And it's, we're all gonna be okay. Look over here now. Look yeah. over here. So Garen says that if only they could access to the Hall of Thor's might, uh, the ancient tales tell of a hall that Thor placed all of his powers in to help and defend them. Daniel and Sam are like, Ching, let's go let's to do that the place. Thing. Let's do a thing. Maybe there's, awesome. maybe there's weapons there. Where is that? Can we go there? Is that a thing? Let's yep. go get, we have, we have might. Yeah. Let's go get Thor's might. I like it. Let's go on an adventure. So Olaf leads Jack and Teal to a spot that they can see the three pyramids being built. And mm-hmm. there's tons of Jaffa everywhere. Jack tells, turns his baseball hat backwards. Yeah. So you know he means that business. Means it's time. It's time. Uh, through his binoculars, he sees. Either, he either means business or he's about to go flip some burgers at Luke's time. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Those two, also, I want those two to happen now. <laughs> I want to see Luke Danes <laughs> and, <Kev> and Jack <laughs> together. For those of you who aren't in a that, that is a 
Gilmore's Girls reference. <laughs> yeah, Luke Taines and, and Jack. Jack O'Neill. That's the gotta happen. It's a snark off. I know. Oh my god, the snarktacular They're kind of the same person in They're some ways. They're both very snarky. They're both very handsome, and they yep. both wear ba- baseball caps backwards because yep. they ain't fucking around. No, they're not. No, <laughs> okay, they're not. I'm done. I blame the drinks. I blame the drinks today. <laughs> Nixie made is incredibly. Uh, Bartender Nick is unavailable today. <laughs> so Nixie made is incredibly in. strong. Spring themed drink since it is the first week of spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's alcohol mixed with alcohol, correct? <laughs> There's some peach alcohol <laughs> mixed with the other alcohol. And then, <laughs> there's a couple dash of bitters. That's not alcohol. Sure, yeah. And then there's there's like some drunk tangerines and clementines in here. <laughs> yeah, there's some clementines getting drunk in the bottle of this glass. They having fun in there. Yep. <laughs> yep. They're swimming in an alcohol pool. <laughs> um. So he has his baseball cap on backwards. I'm gonna call this drink Spring Awakening. <laughs> it seems appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that because I will break out singing Spring Awakening. I saw it on Broadway. Okay. It's been a very musical themed week. Way too many times to not start singing. I may or may not have told my niece to take a picture of Alexander Hamilton because of soundtracks we may or may not have been listening to. You sorry, ass goodbye. Sorry. I have a niece who's taking a tour for spring break of the Freedom Trail in Boston, and I told her in a group message that she's required to send home uh, once a day to take a picture with Alexander Hamilton, and everyone was like, nobody tell Grace that Alexander Hamilton is dead. And we're like, (laughs) by the way. No, but that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) That is basically code for go take a picture with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Because, of course, he's just wandering around bronze, for everyone yeah, to take some pictures of. some bronze statue you may find. Because, <laughs> you know, Hamilton was a hottie. We've all looked at that $10 bill. Yeah. And those of you not in the States, look up Alexander Hamilton. Also, he just was a hottie. look up a picture of Lin-Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton, the musical. That's also a hottie. Also a hottie. Too. Also a hottie. <laughs> also a hottie. <laughs> okay, we're done. We the love alcohol you, is talking. The alcohol is talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tangent. So, um... <laughs> So, let's see. Where were we? Okay. Their baseball hat was backwards. Through his binoculars, he sees different Jaffa, like different Jaffa heads than Apophis' serpent guards, until it points out that they are the guards of Herarur, the son of Ron Hathor, and a very powerful system lord, much feared, even among the Gould. He's a, basically a giant warlord. He's yeah, a, this guy sounds like fun. As if the Gould weren't already warlords, he's like the warlordiest of the warlords. Well, it's like, I imagine this spoiled brat of a child. Of, I mean, he's the, the kid of Ra and Hathor, which, oh my god, Hathor? Do we he need to go of, on? He actually kind of reminds me of, I haven't seen the movie more than once, but like the big, giant, bald guy with nose ring at the end of 300. Like the oh. giant god villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. Oh, who is that again? Why don't I don't know. Xerxes? I think it's Xerxes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is Xerxes. Um, so while we're doing this, Olaf is taken by the Chapa and Herur himself, and he tells Olaf to kneel before his god, and Olaf points out that his god is Thor. That's right, you tell him. He taught them to stand as equals, um, but Herur points out that his god can't help him now, and he wants to know who came through the gate. Olaf refuses to respond. Jack and Teal'c um, aren't seen at this point by the Jaffa, and they point their weapons up. And Olaf claims that Thor himself taught him to have no fear of death. That's right. Um, but Herur asks if he also taught them about pain, and then ribbon vices him in the head. Uh, Jack and Teal'c open fire. They drop the Jaffa holding Olaf, and they like start running off with him. Uh, Herur turns on his shield. Jack and Teal'c and Olaf start running, and as they leave, Teal'c turns and 
like Hiro's about to lean down for a staff weapon okay. and Teal'c hits the staff weapon with his own staff weapon first and mm-hmm. then they just have staring contest for a couple seconds and they're both really pissed. Dun dun dun. Yeah, and I feel like it's just like ominous music playing. So here's the thing with Hiro'ur. Yes. In no me. way have I found any place that says that he is the child of Ra and Hathor. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> so what is he in, in the other terms? So Hiro'ur is uh, another name for Horus. Oh, okay. He was um, one of the major Egyptian gods. Uh, the goddess Sky War. I gotta be hunting. honest, Hero'ur sounds cooler than Horus. Yes. Horus well, sounds he, like a cow. He becomes like... Horus, Hero- is Horus really a cow? Was no. That, was there a cartoon named Horus the Cow? I don't know. Have I lost my but mind? But Hathor's the cow. Hero'ur is the falcon. <laughs> okay. Which is why there's a falcon on his Jaffa. Uh, okay. Um, he, like, Hero'ur, it sounds like that was a name later on. He he did something else and was in, like, war and beat someone. And, like, the Hero'ur is an abbreviation for something involving that. But it's Horus. Okay. Uh, so gotcha. he's the falcon-headed god, like I said. Okay. He's a fairly complex guy, and so experts in the field, I'm sure like Daniel, although he doesn't know that he's not the child of Ra and Hathor later on. Right. Although I will give him this. I think he might be talking in-world in that all the ghouls seem to be children of Ron Hathor. Oh, sure. I'm going to give him that Let's thing Let's give him here. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Because I like it that. seems like it he's not way. dumb enough to know that this is not their... Well, it's it's very possible that just in this in this no. place, it happens to be that that's the child. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the ghoul, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hathor. That's what I'm going to go with. Anyway, so I like that. In the field actually, because most of what Tilk knows isn't based on mythology the way Daniel knows it. He knows yeah. it because he's lived it. And and like yeah, exactly. So cool. he actually had a bunch of different forms, and a lot of experts in the field refer to them as separate deities, as different facets. Oh, okay. People then viewed him, again, as different facets of the same god. Okay. Um, and this is the god that we were talking about uh, when we say, um, when we were talking about Set, that he was born of a resurrected Osiris and Isis. Oh. This is, Hathor yes. is the son that- And we've talked about that. Set before, right? Yes, that was okay. when we were talking about uh, the possible uh, Seti, which yes. may have been the ghoul that Pyrus overthrew in okay. need. Um. Although looking at this, I learned some interesting new information about that story. Mm. That apparently Isis gathered all of Osiris's uh, dismembered parts except his penis because hey. that was thrown into the Nile and either eaten by a catfish or a crab. Gross. And she used her magical powers. So to- he Lorena bobbited his penis. <laughs> and wait, Sorry. wait, Osiris oh. used her magical powers to fashion a, fashion a golden penis, which Whoa. she used to conceive Horus. That doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a dude, but I guess if I'd had to replace mine with mine made of gold, and then I could say I had a golden penis, that might be kind of cool. It's it's well. Is that more powerful or less powerful than the golden gun from James Bond? <laughs> <laughs> or was the golden gun in James Bond just a golden? I penis? I feel like if you had a golden penis, you would never have to worry about getting your wood up. No, <laughs> basically, it doesn't go down. I know. <laughs> That's you gotta call a doctor after six hours of that. <laughs> Let's veer back into safe territory. Everyone, please call your doctor if you have a gold penis that stays erect for more than six hours. (laughs) One of those two things is bad. Yeah, probably both. (laughs) Um, So uh, the hieroglyph that represents Horus is a falcon. It's like there's like a standard bird, like a really commonly seen bird hieroglyph. And that's the one that stands for Osiris. Okay. Um, I thought maybe they were just hipsters. (laughs) 
Yeah, we're gonna put a bird on it. <laughs> we're putting birds on it. You know what this temple needs? A bird. Yeah. Just put a bird on that yeah, temple. Yeah, it's so much cooler with a bird on it. Um, and it's, this is a cool, I thought this was a cool thing, because he's the sky god. They mm. thought that the sun was his right eye, and the moon was his left eye, and he mm. flew them across the sky, because he's a falcon. Hey, I like it. Yeah, I know. Um, and one of the actually most well-known Egyptian symbols is the eye of Horus, or the eye of Ra. Okay. And that's... I wish I'm going to draw this out for you guys because it's okay. an audio podcast sure. in the sky. Uh, but it's, it's it's the eyeball and then there's a little like curly cue that comes down to the one side. It looks like it's wearing eyeliner. It's the wearing eyeliner. Yes. Eye. Okay. It's, the eyeball wearing eyeliner. Those are my very exactly. technical terms. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's basically a symbol of protection. Uh, like a symbol of protection from or the protection of Horus or Ra. Sure. Because if you have this eye is watching. Exactly. Cool. Um, the also... I'm. I apologize if I mispronounced this because we know I pronounce things so well. But the word for it is uh, Wajet. Um, And Wajet was an early goddess. And the symbol was really associated with her. And it eventually became the symbol of Of Horus or like the eye of Horus or Ra. Cool. So that was your fun Is it like the same eyeball that you have to look at in the Indiana Jones ride? Well, I... Yes. yes. I bet you it is. Where yeah. It's like, don't look into the eyes, but you kind of look into the eyes. Basically. And you go yeah. on a like, crazy ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you miss your cup of coffee at the end. Yeah. This is happening now. Inside mummy reference. Uh, <laughs> so back in the caves, Jack and Teal'c return, and they point out that they ran into Hero Ur, and this is where Daniel claims that it's Ron Hathor's children, and I'm just going to go with it's in-world. He's talking about the Gould and not the gods. Honestly, I like it, because it's Teal'c's explanation, yeah. and all of Teal'c's explanations are in-world. These well, are all Daniel says that on things. his own, so that's why I'm that's saying true. still, I'm still going to hope talking about the Gould. Okay. Um. So I can't, because I can't find anything outside the series that doesn't say that he is Osiris and Iris's kid, so that's why I'm just going to go with it. Okay, cool. Um, so Jack says, good news is, with enough firepower, they can blow the pyramid ships to high hell. Bad news is, is the Stargate is now heavily guarded because they know they're there. Yep. Uh, so they can't evac the Cimarrans. That's mm-hmm. not right. I mispronounced Cimarians? it. Cimarrians, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Um, and so they have to hold up here while things calm down. But as Tilk points out, things will actually not calm down. They will soon, in fact, calm up. <laughs> yeah. That's not how it works. Okay, fine. I love how they yeah. just kind of overlook that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like, all right, fine. So the okay. pyramids are landing pedestals for the motherships, and they're going to arrive soon and contain a shit ton of death gliders. Mm-hmm. And Sam says, well, they can use their C4 to blow up a ship. Sure. But if they blow them up now, they're not going to have anything for when the ships and gliders show up later. So Daniel says, this is where he brings up the legend of the Hall of Thor's might. Yes. And Jack's like, there's a place and a time for mythology. That time may not be now. But it's exactly now. It is. And Sam points out that they thought the hammer was a myth, but it was real. Mm-hmm. Daniel thinks that Thor's might refers to a weapon store, and they could definitely use the firepower. I'm, so I'm for it. Jack's like, okay, fine. Just Let's go, go to the Hall of Might. Go find shit out. Yeah. Don't be long. Um, Teal'c and him are going to lay some explosives and try to slow things down. Right. So, Garen leads him to another monument that was much like the hammer. Daniel was expecting much more of a, you know, hall. Right. Uh, Yeah, we kind of get on this, like, random stone that somebody dedicated in the middle of, like, the school lawn. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of what it looks like. It's like, oh, here's where this thing happened. Sam doesn't really see much of a weapon, and as soon as Daniel touches it, they're swept away. And they're like, as he's going to touch it, Garen's like, you're not supposed to touch 
that. And Never he's mind. like, touch all the things. Touch them. Touch yep. everything. So <laughs> in the dark, uh, Sam blinds Daniel with a flashlight. Right. Because Blinded that's what you do. by the light. <laughs> Wrapped uh, up like a disc. Another something in the night. <laughs> roller in the night. Um, but they're at least in the hall now. So Sam has a very bad feeling about this because she watches a lot of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you. This is her, Everyone like, has bad feelings about this in Star listen, Wars. Listen, what year did this come out again? 1998. They are all about trying to pick up on the, like, episodes <laughs> one through three. That is, episode one hasn't even come out yet. But it's coming. It and is coming. And at this point, we know it's coming. This is and true. And they're trying to pick up on it. Then okay. They knew midichlorians before the midichlorians <laughs> were a thing. They were like, napochlorians, <laughs> what? Did, Mic drop. Did George Lucas get the concept of midichlorians from Stargate's Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, napochlorians. No, too except, close. Too close. Let me change Stargate it. Stargate did it much better. Yeah. Let me change it. It's not an N. It's an M now. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. mini, right? This They're is mini. life now. They're microscopic yeah. and mini. Yeah. Maybe yeah. 80 coins. Anyways, um, but then there's a pedestal here now, and suddenly there's Thor. <laughs> and he's like, they have to be brave to come before him. Yeah. And Garwin says that they need his help. And he responds with, the only the worthy may witness Thor's might. Yeah. Uh, Garen is questfallen, thinking that he, that Thor doesn't consider her worthy and that he has forsaken her. Yeah, she seems to not understand that we've gotten... It's kind of like the person that's talking to the machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look, no, no, he's he's not really... He, he's not really here. Yeah. You're talking at a nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's they fun. They can't... But then again, like, these are her gods. That's true. Like, there's no way SG-1's going to be able to convince her that this is not real. Like, this, this is... This is fair. Yeah. This is her god fair. is talking to her. And it's like, all right, crazy lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam tries to point out that it's just a hologram being projected, even though Daniel isn't really convinced by that. Yeah. <laughs> and either way, they're going to have to prove they're worthy before he'll trust them with his might. Sure. And suddenly the room begins to shake. Garwin is afraid she's going. he's going to strike them down. Daniel points out that he's not a wrathful god. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead, the floor crumbles away uh, into an Indiana Jones film with a narrow balance beam to the pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel points out that this is definitely a test, uh, although he supposes this isn't the best time to point out his problem with heights. <laughs> yeah, of course Daniel's afraid of heights. He's probably afraid <laughs> of all the things. He's probably allergic to something in that room, too, I'm sure. The dark. Yeah, He's allergic I'm allergic to the dark. To the dark. And the yeah. dust. Yeah. <laughs> I'm allergic to dirt. Um, so back in the forest we see the others planting explosives and back to the hall Sam points out that they crossed something way worse than this in basic training right Uh, and but then again they had a net there there's no net here yeah it's just kind of um, endless abyss yeah there you can't see a ground yeah no it's not Um, happening so she calms herself down and carefully walks across the easy peasy Mm -hmm. Garen is next she walks very carefully. She slips once, and then the ground shakes, and she falls to the beam. Listen, at some point, I feel like if I was presented with the situation, I might just kind of scoop my way yeah. across yeah, one yeah, of yeah. those beams. Exactly. I really don't see the point. As much point of contact as you can have with the beam. Yeah. I, I think that I might not be the person that tries to run across it. Although maybe the idea of running across it that you get across it faster. Yeah. I don't know. Someone who's done something like this, it's, I would love some input. It's like the people that go across the rope and they like hang the one foot behind them that cradles the rope and the other like axes counterbalance and they just crawl across on their belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That might work. 
Um, Sam goes. That's the girl who is not at all physically. Yeah, happy. no, this is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not happening. I would say I'm that physical, but I threw heavy rocks yesterday. You did. Yeah, you threw a rock and then like some weird chain thing. I threw a weird chain thing. I and did Celtic game. I learned how to do the different some of the different uh, events in the Celtic games or Highland games yesterday. Uh-huh. I got to throw a rock and I got to throw the weight for distance and weight for height and I got to try to toss a caber. Couldn't quite get it balanced, uh-huh. but I hopefully in the future we'll get it balanced and be able to try to toss a caber. I sat on the sidelines because I decided to play bumper cars with my real life car. <laughs> Not three days ago. <laughs> and maybe no guys, physical movement. Don't do that. that. No, don't, it's bad. Don't do it. Your cars are not don't bumper do cars. It. You don't win. You don't, Nobody wins. Nobody wins when you play bumper cars but in I real life. But I felt very... Like there, one of the guys there who was showing us how to do this, he's like, "This is training for battle," and I literally yeah. throwing. Yeah. Like let's a 20- let's be clear: the man saying these things was the drunk man drinking out of a horn. <laughs> but he was the most badass drunk man. <laughs> like he was a living embodiment of with a kilt, like a Highland with warrior, a kilt s- scooted up to his like tucked into his. Underwear. Yeah, he was yeah. amazing, uh, and I loved him. And he was teaching me how to fight battle by throwing a twenty-pound weight straight up in the air above me and letting yeah, it land. That looked like fun. It was so much fun, uh, guys. I think I'm going to compete in Highland Games. Uh, anyways, on um, the next episode of There's No Place Like Terror, I will Nixie have a slight head injury. Dead. Yeah, <laughs> from a caber hitting yeah. me. Nixie's in the head. slowly turning into Braveheart. I'm afraid. I'm afraid, everybody. <laughs> Um, so the, uh, but where was I? Sam goes out to go and reach for her. Yep. Um, telling her to rest, slide the rest of the way. She's too frightened to move. Right. She thinks Thor shook the beam and wants her dead. Yeah. She's got a lot of issues. She's got a lot of issues. It's like, listen, get your self-esteem together. She's really badass. Get your shit together. She needs to see a therapist, I think. Um, so Daniel's like, no, you're already crossed. I'll go get her. There's no sense in you coming back. He inches his way across, tells Garwin to take his hand. They'll finish this together. She reaches up, but the beam crumbles underneath them, and they both and fall. Dead. They're dead now, right? Sam looks horrified, but uh-huh. we pan out, and we see the floor is solid. Yeah. It was entirely an illusion. Dun, dun, dun. This has got to be a very in-depth illusion, because if she's on, she was on the beam, like, if that was a solid ground, she would easily feel that that is solid if she's fallen onto the beam. That's so true. this is why I wonder, was it actually a loop? Like, was it, was that gaping abyss actually there and just through well, technology? Well, I wonder if it just kind of was lower. Yeah. It was just under them. Just Maybe. far enough to where she couldn't feel it. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. So Thor shows up it's again. It's kind of like the baby gymnastics game that you have to do in middle school. If you went to yep. my middle school and you're like, I hate my life, I, I hate my life. all middle schools. Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> Thor shows up again and tells them that they've uh, shown selflessness and bravery. Willing okay. and nice to sacrifice oneself to save another is honorable. But now they must show wisdom to solve the riddle of the runes and he will show them his true might. And suddenly they're in a different room and all the different walls have different symbols on them. And now we're in an episode of Uncharted. <laughs> because that's what you do in Uncharted is you play puzzles and you're a badass because you're Nathan Drake and then you climb things and then you shoot people. Or Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Sure. Which is basically the same game. Nathan Drake for the win. Indiana, <laughs> Indiana Jones for the win. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I would literally, that's how my brain works because I was meaning yeah. to say Laura Croft and I said Indiana Jones, which basically <laughs> means Indiana Jones trumps them all <laughs> because my brain wanted to say one thing and the other half of my brain I was like, I just want to no. talk about Nathan Drake as much as possible now that, I, now that it's been like... <laughs> 
<laughs> now that they've moved back the date of the release of the game, I need some sort of Nathan Drake in my I life. I know nothing about this. We have an Xbox in the house. Um... <laughs> So, back in the woods, Jack and Teal'c are plant- planting mines and hiding them. Olaf is the lookout and calls to the sons of Midgard that the Ettons are approaching. <laughs> he watches them run and says that we must fight, and he raises his axe. And yeah, 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 Jack just pushes him down That's in the cover. Everybody simmer down for a minute, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he, he doesn't understand that mines explode. Yeah. Uh, soon he learns that, though, as the mines explode, <laughs> and they finish off the rest of Jafal with their guns and the staff weapon. Olaf is in awe, the thunder and fire. They must truly possess Thor's might. Sure. And suddenly he throws his axe in this amazing, like, axe-spinning view. Yeah. Uh, and he's, like, in the direction of... It goes, like, between Jack and Teal, because he takes out a Jafalos behind them, so to fire at them. Awesome. And I love the shot of, like, flying axe through That's, the air. You know, anytime you get to see a flying axe, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Daniel is trying to figure out the symbols on the wall means. Uh, the faster they solve the riddles, the faster they're going to get Thor's might. Daniel explains that it's a safeguard because he wants to be sure that whoever finds the weapons, assuming it's still weapons, he still assumes it's weapons, guys. Right. Is smart enough to understand the technology and use the weapons that may or may not be there wisely. Um, that his children are grown up enough mm-hmm. um, before he hands them the keys to the armory, which he says is a good idea if they had done on Earth, which is a really strong statement. If you're considering, is it on a global scale or an individual scale? Oh, that's true. Because that's a very political statement. Yeah, about weapons. About. And guarding them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into that nope. mess. Nope, not touching that. Have that conversation with yourself, guys. This is the time when I take a drink. Look, drink. So Sam asks why he would waste time when the planet's under attack. And Daniel points out that it's supposed to be a protected planet. There's not supposed to be an attack. Therefore, there's not supposed to be a hurry to get to the stuff. Right. Um, So on one wall is runes. Each rune is an idea because they're ideographs. Mm -hmm. And they have a ton of meanings. It's like tarot cards, like... Sure. You know, people would read runes the same way that you people do tarot it differently. cards. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it, it all depends on your situation as to kind of what they mean. Um, the first one it's talks all about perspective. Perspective. Uh, the first one talks about Thor's protective power. Okay. Um, it could be the gate. It could be the hammer. Um, and that is correct as the actual meaning. I can't mm. pronounce this one. I didn't even write it down because I had no ah. hope. But it's um, basically it talks about defense and destruction. Um, so the second is Perdo. Nope. That sounds French. Anyways. Uh, and Daniel (laughs) says that it's a dice cup or fate. Okay. I, when I was looking this up, I saw some talk about fate. Um, but it seems more that it's like uncertainty, things being hidden. Um, but also like femininity and the female form, but the things being hidden thing sounds accurate. That makes sense for what we're dealing with. The third one he says is a horse or movement. That's it was. Sure. Uh, it, it represents travel and change. So I guess a horse. They say, yeah. it actually does say it represents a horse. Uh, it's okay. like an M shape. Okay. The last one he says represents a wagon, uh, which is also called Thor's chariot. And he goes, could be a spaceship. Um, and that's the rune Rado. Okay. Um, and that does mean sort of movement, travels. I digged it deeper. They do say it's a reference to Thor's chariot. Um, and also, like, cosmic transportation, sort of, it. to Valhalla and stuff. Any kind of heavenly chariot. So, spaceship definitely fits. So, cool. so far, so good. Protection, hidden, change, Thor's chariot. Um, it all fits. It all makes sense. Where are we going with this? 
So um, back in the forest, Jack, Teal, and Olaf are running. You can hear the Jaffa signaling in the background. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they're working on cornering them. It's an old Jaffa hunting technique. Okay. Uh, and Jack's like, Daniel, better hurry. Yeah. So now they're looking. we're being hunted. Yeah. Now they're looking at the geometric shapes, triangle, square, circle, pentagon. And Daniel hasn't seen. Like, these aren't runes. Right. There's they're no math. geometric shapes. Um, there's no clue what they're really about. Sam says that we need to find a way. If we can't answer this question, they have to find a way out of here because the colonel's going to need their help. Mm-hmm. Um, the other wall has pictograms, uh, like cave paintings. Mm-hmm. And Daniel has no clue what Thor wants him to do. On saying that, Thor shows up and says there's no shame. In more time, they will come of age. And Daniel tells him, just hold a sec. Yeah, pause. I ain't even done yet. And Thor pauses. Right. So he goes, Norse runes were ideas, and later years it became letters and also numbers. Mm-hmm. He names off the the runes 3, 14, 15, 9, which he says doesn't mean anything. And Sam goes, it's 3.14159. Because it's Sam's pi. a mathematician, right? Sam's our brain? Yes, but no. Oh. Here's the thing. Daniel has the right number. He calls out the right numbers, but those symbols are not... 3, 14, 15, Those symbols are 3, 14, 19, 5. Which is not pie. Not pie. <laughs> um, the last two... What would you like for dessert? Not pie. Not pie. <laughs> like, you just kind of put... You you put the, you flipped the 9 and the 5, basically, oh. when you were counting these. Um, the last two to make pie should be... Uh, I apologize if you know runes. Oh. Algrid... Which symbolizes protection, which makes okay. sense. Um, and Helga's nope. Um, which basically Hegelas is Hegelas, what I read. <laughs> which means hail and destruction and uh, bad luck. And that doesn't fit as well as the chariot. No. But you know, those are the correct ones if you want to make pie. Well, maybe we're doing this on purpose because it just works better in our story. That's not thinking. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as I was looking up these runes, I was like, those numbers don't work. Um, so needless to say, Daniel tries to tell Thor it's pi, but then realizes that's an earth term, which is why the geometric shapes are there. Right. Sam says, and I quote, mm-hmm. pi is used to find the circumference of a circle by measuring the radius. That's wong, guys. Isn't it the diameter? Yes. Okay. Introdu- like the first thing you learn in geometry. Yeah. Like ninth grade, people. <laughs> before, before. It's actually circumference related to diameter. Like, you can find it measuring its radius, but pi does not reference the radius. Right. Pi is the diameter, three point. <laughs> well, she forgot to add. Times she forgot around. to add and then divide by two. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. But then Daniel draws a radius in the sand, and that oh. gets shown as the correct answer. So listen, our writers, not necessarily mathematicians. Our actors, not mathematicians either. So <laughs> like, no one's like cracking no, each other. They're no like, yo, all right, this. this works. Let's just do this. No one caught this. Um, Maths are hard. <laughs> They're the hardest things. So the sand gets eaten away. Shows a red button with a bunch of Thor's hammers on it in pattern. Uh, and somehow, even though the radius answer is wrong, he pushes it, <laughs> and the image of Thor freezes Listen, apparently him. Thor is not a big mathematician either. Or Thor is like, seriously, they put that as the answer. I have to show up and see what these people look yeah. like just because they right, got the way idiots. wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the epic Viking Thor is replaced by a little gray guy Thor. Aww. Everyone's in awe, and Thor tells him that he is the actual one they know as Thor. 
So back in the cave, Jack tells them to get far into the cave to be quiet, put the fires out. And right. Teal comes in and tells them they've been located. So back in the hall of Roswell's might, mm-hmm. uh, Sam points out that <laughs> Thor looks just like the descriptions of the Roswell gray aliens. Yeah. Maybe that holds truth. Dun, dun, um, dun. Thor says that he's a supreme commander of the Asgard fleet. They are uh, the, the first on the planet to have grown wise enough to see him in his true form. Garwin says that they, they, these two over here, not me, are the wise ones. And Sam tells her that it's just a hologram. Yeah. He can't hear you. Listen, again, you, with the not understanding what pre-recorded things are. But then Thor says, no, this is a transmission. I'm talking to you from my quarters aboard the Asgard ship, the Belisner. Belisner. But Belisner. Words. Yep. Anyways, that is actually the name of Thor's Hall, where he lives with Sif and their children. It's probably one of the greatest buildings ever made. Sweet. I want to go to there. It's a real place, right? I can go to there? Sure. (laughs) It's in Valhalla. I'm going. Yep. Yeah, it's happening. When Um, that dinosaur eats me, it's where I'm headed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, listen, I got some rounds to make. I'm going to go to Valhalla, and I'm going to go check out this (laughs) other thing. Then I'm going to check out all the heavens. And and then I'll be back. Atlantis. Atlantis is probably another good one. So, um, the real Thor, uh, Daniel's like, great, we need your help. The ghouls are here. And he's like, that's impossible. This is a safe world. And Tanya's like, yeah. About that. About that. We did a thing. We kind of fucked that up. Yeah. Uh, And he gives a 15-second summary about the last episode (laughs) that we're on the planet. That Teok's a good guy. Uh, And... I feel like I want Daniel to, like, act it out and be, like, and voice. Shadow puppets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even if he just does the thing where you, like, stand facing one direction and then you stand facing the other direction (laughs) and do another voice. Because I want to see Daniel impersonate Teal'c. I want to hear what his Teal'c impersonation sounds like. (laughs) Who's probably so like this? Like, he does his, like, I'm a deep, strict person voice. And then he's like, "Ah, I'm Sam. (laughs) Because I feel like that's what Daniel, like, we would see these Daniel's true colors coming out. And then you see Sam. Standing next to him, going, I don't fucking sound that, like nobody that. Nobody sounds like that. And then he plays himself, and he's like, oh, I am Daniel, and I am a badass. <laughs> there, he's basically Troy McClure from The Simpsons when he plays himself. <laughs> All right. Or um, Zap Brannigan. Yeah, Zap Brannigan. Yeah, he's definitely Zap Brannigan. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's happening. <laughs> um. So by the way, Daniel. Also, <laughs> the tests were not there to reveal weapons. Yeah. There's Remember no that weapons time, here. No weapons. That's enough with your weapon. Um. And they ask for help, and Thor disappears, and they're transmitted back out into the forest, and they're like, so no help then? So we did all that for nothing? And it's just <laughs> Sam and Daniel. Garwin's not there with no. them. So back in the caves, they're waiting for the attack, uh, and Daniel and Sam enter the cave, and we find out that they're outnumbered 20 to 1 by the Jaffa. Hey! And Jack notices that they're suspiciously empty-handed. Yep. Yeah, Jack. About that thing with weapons being hidden... Not so much. Uh, yeah. But we did get to meet the real Thor. Yeah. And he's totally a gray alien. Yeah. Uh, and there's some, some explosions outside. Uh, and now they have just have to go try and do something. So they stand out in defense of the cave. behind. They sort of fall back behind some rocks and shrubs as the Jaffa start firing at them. Okay. Uh, and they tell them to throw down their weapons, to surrender now, and they'll be allowed to serve Heru Ur. Uh, fight and they all die. Oh, sure. That sounds like fun. Let's that just sounds, throw down yeah. our weapons. Sam says they don't have enough weapons. Uh, Teal'c says that, you know, if he, they will all die, including the women and children. Mm-hmm. Don't doubt that. Right. 
Daniel says that they're responsible. They can't let that happen. And Daniel turns and sees a small child clinging to his father's leg. And instead of going, hey, you, get in the back of the cave like I told you to stay, mm-hmm. he holds up his weapon and right. surrenders. Right. The rest of the team follows suit, and he tells Olaf to take care of his people. So SG-1's being led towards the ships, and Daniel points out that before they went into battle, the Sioux would say that this is a good day to die, mm. which is also what the Klingons said every day when they woke up to eat their gach for breakfast. <laughs> More uh, things I won't know. And Star Trek references, Grace's oh, lost. Klingons. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Scrooge McDuck never said that. Probably not. Nor did he eat gach. No, no, he did. But one time they did eat this weird alien gruel that like kind of looked back at you when you ate it. Well, I'm gonna tell you this: gach is basically worms that are alive. That's kind of what it was. And you, you know, it's you don't want cold or dead gach. No, that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like when my food fights me. Yep. <laughs> they slither all the way down. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a distant thunder. Everyone stops. Uh-huh. Because then again, maybe it's not a good day. It's not the day to die. Yeah. Jack is looking for the source of the sound. He's looking, like, behind him. And Daniel turns him around and says, a huge black cloud. It's a giant thunderhead over the pyramids. Jack pulls his sunglasses off, saying, oh, my. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> now we see a ship in the clouds. Daniel says, ladies and gentlemen, I think this is Thor's chariot. Sure. It's an Asgard mothership. Uh, it just basically beams the entire plot line away. Right. <laughs> Let's not even worry about how this is taken care of. Because nope. magic. Um, although Harrow escapes through the Stargate before the Asgard can get him. Okay. Uh, by the way, where do all, where does all this go? Shh, shh, no, stop Are questioning life. It's just reasons. Are they sent to another planet? It's magic. Are they, they fell through the trap door. to go on trial? Nope. They're okay. just hanging out in limbo. So behind SG-1 on the road is Garwin. They've become pink matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the road is Garwin. He, she says the ends are gone, and Thoris thins his thinks. Yeah. He also told her to say that he's a member of a species that visited Earth often. They uh-huh. are a friend and protector to all, except the Gould who they are at war with. Jack yeah. would still really like to meet them, but Garwin says that they're still much too young, uh, and SG-1 smiles at the inside joke. Uh, so Thor promises to leave them an Asgard teacher behind to help them rebuild and there will be a new hammer that will make exception for Teal'c they are welcome at any time and we end with a view of the Asgard ship in the sky I like the idea that this new hammer has like a little etching of Teal'c on it yeah. like because how else would it know the difference it's, it's like oh it just looks at it yeah and it's, it's just like an it's, eyebrow yeah just a little eyebrow and like a pout face <laughs> like an angry pout face I'm for it yeah I'm totally for it so where does this rank? This episode is I know, fun. I know where mine. I know where mine. This goes. episode is fun, but I don't know where the sensical stuff is, if there is any. But let me see what's on my list now. Right now, I've got prisoners need in the line of duty, serpent slayer, and gamekeeper. I don't know. Maybe this beats out gamekeeper. Okay, I tell you this. Uh, not surprisingly, it involves Norse. Yeah. Thor's Chariot's top of my list for season two, yeah. and Gamekeeper's knocked off. Sure. Um, so yours is now at number five, and Gamekeeper's knocked off. Yeah. Is that where I'm at, or do yeah. I have six in here? No, well, I'm about to... No. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, that might happen. I think at some point I may lose prisoners out of this list, but Thor's Chariot is not the guy that's going to knock out prisoners. Yeah, I... <laughs> 
Yeah, no, Thor's chariot. <laughs> Look, it's really fun, but it, it there's a lot of things that don't make sense. It's a little bit nonsensical. Like what doesn't make sense? Well, I, again, the magic, which just magically got rid of everything. Well, it's clearly just advanced technology. Well, sure. Fine. <laughs> Listen, Fine. we have two minutes left in the episode. We have to wrap this up somehow. <laughs> just make the plot disappear. That's true. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what's bugging me a little. But no, it was absolutely fun. It was absolutely fun the same way Need was fun. Uh, the same way Hathor was fun. <laughs> that's how I treat it. I like it. It's not, I'm not loving it, but it's on the list. It I makes overlooked the, list. the completely wrong runes. <laughs> but then again, it involves runes. Anything sure. that has runes, guys. Sure. Uh, there is a Thor. There's a hammer. There's Norse. There's Ragnarok talk. <laughs> Guys, I'm a sucker for Norse mythology. So, yeah, that doesn't really have any competition So where is it on your list? Oh, it's number one on my oh, list. Yeah. Just in case anyone With was wondering. bullets. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we don't have a name for crying out louds. I thought we had one. I don't think there was one. Okay, fine. Um, Wait, wait, let me see. I, I feel like there was one early in the episode. I might be not. No. But I may have noticed it in my no. rewatch. Ugh. Oh, there is one. Yeah. You're right. Yes. You've called it. <laughs> I'm awesome. I'm so cl- I'm happy to have noticed a thing finally. Um, I'm yeah. also, listen, this episode makes me happy. I, I found it for crying out loud and I came up with the term Naquachlorians. I know. You've had a pretty landmark this episode. This is like, I think I'm going to go to bed. This day can't get So we're up to 20 for crying out loud. <laughs> um, damn. So next week we are looking, uh, I scrolled to the bottom. Next That's week we're looking at Message in a Bottle. Okay. Uh, which is... A Kevin Costner movie? Yes. Okay. Sweet. Kevin Costner guest stars in the next episode <laughs> of Stargate. I'm in! <laughs> it's a romantic comedy. Yeah, totally. Uh, which is right up Stargate's alley. Sure. Um, I mean, basically, doesn't Sam Carter already have... I can have... see Sam and Kevin Costner. Oh, I was thing. saying she has the haircut. The I what's could her... see, yeah. I the what's see her face haircut. Costner. Meg Ryan? Yeah, she has yeah. the Meg Ryan haircut. She is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I like it. She's one... Well, I kind of like the idea of Kevin Costner and Teal'c. I want Tilk to pick up good. Kevin Costner. That'd be good. Yeah. Or uh, Rich, uh, Jack O'Neill could also play in Dances with the Wolves. That's true. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yep. I'm a fan of all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So that is going to be it for uh, for now. Stay tuned after the music. I have a little bit of stuff for future recording to Stargate spoiler section. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, stay tuned for the hidden track. Uh, thanks for listening to our crazy drunk faces. Um, <laughs> because I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit drunk. <laughs> and as much. always, if you want to find us, feel free to tweet us at Tara Podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. And, or you can email us, which is my favorite because I like to read emails. Yep. At There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Uh, if you're talking about stuff beyond Message of a Bottle, just put spoilers. I will redact everything for Grace's reading pleasure. It's really fun. It makes you feel like I'm in Catch-22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, you know, as always, we give you major hugs. Those people who have rated and reviewed us on iTunes. Please rate and review us. We love, we love you. You're you're our favorite. Don't tell the others. <laughs> Don't tell the other listeners. You guys are secretly our favorites. But thank you, everybody, for participating in the social media sphere. It's so much fun to see. Yeah, we're having fun. Yeah. Internet hugs to everyone. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, and I listen think- this could just be drunk race talking but I love you guys I love you guys you're my favorite <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I'm your favorite that's true actually to be fair Kaylee's your favorite Kaylee might be my favorite yeah. right under boyfriend Jesse he'll take number it's, one it's like a tie listen it's a close tie. I can't help it he's got a beard <laughs> <laughs> beard <laughs>
It's all good. Alrighty, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Welcome to uh, episode 27, Future According to Stargate, spoiler section. Yeah. So, Thor's Chariot. Um, not a big surprise that this is one of my favorites, especially of these early episodes, because Thor is one of my favorite characters in Stargate, <laughs> because he's Thor, I mean, what else really is there to say about that one? Um, so that's clearly the biggest spoiler in this episode. I mean, even here, you know, I don't know. I couldn't figure out a way to ask Grace without sort of indicating that it was reflective of the future of if she sort of thought, so, sort of thought that Thor was, you know, we weren't really going to see much of the Asgard if they were sort of this... Uh, species that was just going to be floating around that we kind of ran into a couple times or if they're really going to become this integral part of the mythology that they do end up becoming. Um, This is, you know, to note, I think this is the only time that Thor is voiced by Mark Gibbon because every other time we see him, of course he is voiced by Michael Shanks as they don't really mention, but you can basically hear, especially what you find out, um, I, that's definitely when we get to the next episode that has Thor, that's, I'm going to ask her that question and see if she knows who it's voiced by and can figure it out. Um, and, uh, so he, the original Thor is the one who, um, brought the inhabitants to Semera. Semeri, I seriously fail to pronounce this correctly every single time. Anyway, Thor planet, uh, <laughs> And obviously, you know, it's not the Thor we see now because the Asgard at this point in their uh, history of cloning themselves have been for a long time. That leads to the issues that they're currently having, that the cloning starting to fail. They have the, the illness that's caused by the cloning um, that it ends up... That storyline is finished up in the final, in the series finale, when they go off to commit, you know, mass suicide of the rest of their entire race. And they give us all of their knowledge, all of their memories, and they finally declare us the fifth race. Because uh, I think even here, when they pass the message through Garwin that, you know, we're still very young, you definitely already are getting the feeling that... Even the Asgard are very much underestimating underestimating them. The Asgard didn't even know the technology that they have and how advanced they really are. They just sort of see them as another someone else that's figured out how to use the gate, and that's about it. So, I also I wasn't able to reference um, sort of the first time we hear the names of the four great races, which are you know the Asians, the Nox, the Asgard, and the Furlings. Um, but those, and the Furlings, of course, become one of my favorite inside Stargate jokes. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I don't remember, and I, I didn't take the time, unfortunately, I apologize, to look up sort of the first time we really hear those names. Because I know we didn't in um, 
Torment of Tantalus, which is the first time we really get the feeling of the four great races. But that happens at some time fairly soon. Actually, you know what I think it is? Uh, the episode. What's the episode where Jack gets all of the Asgardian knowledge or the ancient knowledge downloaded his head and he starts speaking in ancient and stuff? I think that's the episode because in the end he ends up going to the... Uh, I think it's the Asgard homeworld in the Earth universe or something like this, or at least on an Asgard ship, which is, oh, I love that episode. But I think that might be the one that they actually mention those four races. Um, they also hear say that they're at war with the Gould, which, you know, it it was very easy for them to defeat the Gould at the end of this, ep- the end of this episode. And I would like to say that I know for, you know, for instance, I don't think this early in the series they knew that the replicate had any inklings of the replicators had plans for the replicators or anything, but it does sort of make sense. The replicators are a much bigger threat to the Asgard than the Gould are. So, you know, I think the reason that the Gould are still out here and they're still sort of in, infesting this unit of the uh, galaxy is because the Asgard have bigger battles to fight with the replicators. And really, this is like one corner of a galaxy that's not even their own galaxy. I mean, the Asgard are from a different galaxy. There's all sorts of other shit for them to worry about. They're fighting with the the Gould, and they're at war with them. But, you know, they have way bigger fish to fry, and they just don't have the resources to police everything at once, which is definitely the vibe you get, you get later in the series. Um... Obviously, Thor becomes one of our best allies. He has a major soft spot for Earth, specifically Jack. Um, There's even a battleship named after Jack. I think Carter gets one too, but I don't remember. Um, Also, just shout out, I love Hermione when we finally get to see him on Prometheus. And he's, I think, my second favorite Asgard. We don't need a ton of them. But I love the Asgard. I think they are, for as sort of ridiculous as they become, they're, I mean, the little green alien feel, and they're the most, um, besides the replicators, and even those we see looking as humans, they're the most non-humanoid, the most, I would say the most science fiction-ish aliens that we see in in the series. Because even the ones that, that definitely aren't humanoid. They are able to present themselves as humanoid, even if they're energy or whatever like this. So, um, I love the Asgard. This, them being the Norse gods doesn't help. Um, but them being the Roswell classic gray aliens, I've had a soft spot for them. I mean, since X-Files type stuff. So I love this episode because it's just opening that box a little bit more. I think it's, I definitely got the feel in the cast that Grace still thinks these are sort of one-offs, which they are, but they're really opening up the bigger world slowly but surely that you're going to, uh, I think it's going to sneak up on you. I forget the next time we see Thor in the Asgard. I think this is the only, might be, I think this is the only time in season two. I think we don't see him again until season three. Um, But yeah. So that is this week's uh future according to stargate um we just saw a message in a bottle uh in between again in between the recording of the main cast and the future cast and i forgot how much of an amazing episode that is 
So that'll be really fun. Please stay tuned for that next week. I think you can have a lot of fun with it. So until next week, everyone. Bye.